in this episode, we're talking Victor Wembenyama, Eastern and Western Conference tiers, plus the fresh off the press NBA GM survey. Welcome to Dimes. Hello, everyone. I am your co-host, Carter. With me, as always, my co-host, JR. JR, how you feeling? Preseason is happening. I know. We got to see some of these guys, some of these new teams. Starters are playing. It's it's awesome. Starters actually are playing. I was really stunned to see, like, Ben Simmons play and, like, the Lakers starting lineup essentially play. It was like, oh, like... I guess I don't remember if this is how it was every preseason or this is just the the full, the most normal full NBA offseason we've had since 2019. Yeah, I mean, there's I guess there's always a lot of changes, but like I'm glad these starters are playing. There's a lot of questions to be answered. Tons of them. And I mean... Let's get into it with a pretty spicy question. I mean, our fire ice segment. Is this story fire or is it ice? JR, what do we have today? We have a long-awaited prospect making his basically television debut in front of all the NBA fans, Victor Wimbenyama, who all these bad teams in the NBA have been eyeing for a while now. (laughs) They actually played the uh, G League Ignite. His team played the G League Ignite um, and was a pretty competitive game, and he looked amazing so the the fire and ice question is did he impress all the nba teams watching enough to convince more of them to tank to try to get him with the number one pick first of all yes i think that's i think it's absolutely fire i've been thinking about this pick as a spurs fan for at least the last few months And really, now from like a bigger perspective, like how many times in NBA history has there been like, this has been the guy, this is going to be the guy for at least two full seasons. And then like, he becomes the guy. Like, we're talking LeBron James, number one overall pick, Tim Duncan, Shaq. It doesn't really happen as often as one would think. Like, Anthony Davis, tons of hype. Didn't really really make the Pelicans good until like a few years later. Like, I, it just seems like everything is going directly in the direction of this guy being incredible, impactful, and everything a franchise could want in an extremely clear number one pick. Scoot Henderson looked good, but he didn't look 7-6. This is on fuego. Yes, this guy... Nice shout out, Scoot. He did look very good. But we're talking super tall, kind of the new age, can also handle like a guard. He can shoot from three. He's a defensive rim protector. Um, Every team in the NBA wants this guy. It's basically like if Giannis actually looked like he was going to turn into Giannis before the draft started and not just be the 14th or 12th pick or whatever he was. He could sneak his way into the Bucks and then be bad for a while and then become Giannis. This guy's just going to be, hey, I'm Giannis now. Yeah, and he's going to look really good in a Spurs uniform. Uh, Last night, he had 37 (laughs) points, shot 7 for 11 from 3, and had 5 blocks. So, like, who has ever done that, like, in NBA history? It's like, if Dikembe Mutombo was also Magic Johnson plus, like, Ray Allen? I mean... Yeah, that's an incredible three-point percentage right there. I mean, this tank tank year is going to be incredible. In the G League Ignite, also, not a bunch of pushovers. This is basically the NBA-created G League All-Star team to try to convince the truly elite players uh, from high school to go straight into the G League instead of, like, what normally happens throughout the G League where it's like... 
second round picks and a lot of guys making a career playing minor league basketball. The G League Ignite is not that. It's separate. They're more taken care of. They get paid more. And it is massive majority young players. That's like where Jaden Hardy was last year. And uh, the Bucks pick Marjan Bochamp. Really fun name to say. But, I mean, the Spurs brass were there. I assume everyone else's was. This... If that game didn't convince you to try to get a top two pick, then you might be like Vlade Divac or something. Because <laughs> everyone with eyes has got to be like, yeah, yeah, it's okay to lose this year. I think it's fine. Yeah, and it's weird. This is, uh, he plays for the team that Tony Parker owns, I think. Um, so not to say that the Spurs fans had eyes on him first, but like, I think because of that connection, we had heard about him a long time ago. And now that he's played on the big stage in front of everyone else, all I see on Twitter is like all these people that are like, <laughs> wouldn't he look so good in a Pacers uniform or whatever? So I'm a little... He would not. He would look terrible. So I'm a little <laughs> protective of him, even though we have no claim at all. <laughs> it's just the universe just has to bring him to the Spurs because we've done everything right. We're only going to not try to win one time. It's just this year. Come on, just... We got Dale Robinson. Before him, we got George Gervin. We got Timmy D. Come on. We're just a great franchise that's never done anything wrong. Our owners never had to sell the team forcibly by the NBA. It's like we've never had a horrible, like, giant culture scandal where our GM and president of basketball operations had to leave. We're just a little old town down in San Antonio, like one of the largest city in the freaking world. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think we're like the top, we're top 10 in the country. So. Yeah, this is a little old teensy tiny town with barely any folks in it, just like Oklahoma City. Just come on. All right. I think we both agree he's awesome. Yeah. I think right here, right now, we need to lock in at least his pre-NBA debut nickname. Okay. I've been, I've been tossing around some ideas. Uh, here's, here's what I got. A lot of rhyming. We got Vic the Stick. He's very thin. First pick, Vic. Another good one. W, just like... His last name starts with Benyama. He gets those dubs. We could just go dubs. We could go V-dubs. Well, dubs is really good. <laughs> do, do you like dubs? I like dubs. I also like V-dubs. Sounds like B-dubs. Shout out B-dubs. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, Actually, not shout out B-dubs. Sorry, I will not allow the Buffalo Wild Wings shout out on this podcast. I'm a Pluckers, Wingstop, or H-E-B Wings fan exclusively. B-dubs? Can lick my B dub. Nick, leave it in. <laughs> Real shout out, H E B wings right there. Um, yeah, W sounds a little um, presidential, if you will. It, it it does and it doesn't. But yes, I know what you mean. So let's just go. Let's go dubs. From this point forward, listeners, on this podcast, if we say dubs, we're either talking about one, the thing we don't want the Spurs to get, or two, the thing we extremely want the Spurs to get. Lock it in. Lock it in. Put that in the lockbox, Nick. Another steaming hot segment of Fire Ice. We got to get an ice in here every once in a while, just like... <laughs> I know, we're going to have to handpick some, some stupid news here. <laughs> Yeah, we will. Uh, Tyler Hero got his extension. Ice? Yeah, I mean, that's just a bad move. I, there's no fire in that for me. That doesn't fire me up for the heat. I guess the essential, you know, premise of fire ice is like, fire will be the interesting ones and ice <laughs> will be the non-interesting ones. So, like, why do we want to talk about a non-interesting thing on the pod? I guess unless it's some other people say that it's interesting and we're like, this isn't interesting. It doesn't matter. Right. Like, why are we still talking about this? Exactly. Why are we still talking about it? I don't know. But right after this, we'll be back with the Western Conference Tears.
we are back. We're about to break down, as part of our multi-part NBA preview, the Western Conference teams into four distinct tiers. JR is going to lead us through this Western Conference maze filled with Hall of Famers, some massive tankers, and lots of championship buzz on teams with injury returners. JR, please. So, yeah, we broke these teams up in each conference into into four different tiers, and we're going to start at the bottom with the Western Conference tankers. I got the Jazz, (laughs) the Rockets, OKC, and if you've heard the podcast, you know that this category includes the San Antonio Spurs. God, it does. I have basically zero shock in those four teams that you said, especially after Holmgren left or was injured. I mean, exactly. Like we want to keep thinking when is the year that they're going to make the push to be good. And for some reason, even though he'd never played for them, just him being out makes me think, does it make sense to unleash uh, Shay? Does it mm. you know, make sense to try to be good? You'll get him back next year. So not much to talk about these guys. They're going to be bad and they want to be bad. The one team of those four that I think has a teensy bit of potential to rise up is the Rockets. If Jabari Smith is what we thought he was for a very long time, which was going to be the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, there's a lot of people I see downplaying, you know, what they think he's going to be. They're like, yeah, he's not maybe going to come in and score 20 points. Like, is he really that good at defense? Like, he's the second option on that team even. I think he's going to be really good. I think we talked about him probably being uh, rookie of the year. At least I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm with you. That's that's the top of the four for sure. Most scrappy. Scrappiest tanker around. The fans will be like, no, stop winning games. Rest Jalen Green some more, please. Right. Because they have that young coach who was hired to coach like a playoff contender. He was there when it was like, we have Westbrook. We have James Harden. Steven Silas, and now it's just been like another year and another year of not that happening. So everybody's going to want to rally these guys, and Jalen Green doesn't want to tank. Jabari Smith doesn't want to tank. They need to prove what they got. So because the West is stacked, I think uh, scrappy is the best adjective <laughs> to use for the Rockets. Yeah, I like that. Moving on to the next tier, we got play-in. These are the teams that are you know, probably going to make the play in or if they make it like that's that's right where they should be. They're not quite uh, solidly in the playoffs yet. I have Portland, the Kings, and I was a little borderline on this one. I know there has to be more play in teams than this, but the Lakers I would put here as well. Yes, a play in would have right 10, 9, 8, 7. Right. So there are, there's got to be five teams <laughs> not in the play-in and then and like below them. So I don't know. I mean, these teams are fighting for, but I don't know if Port- Portland could get there or the Kings. I mean, I think they, I mean, just one of those two teams isn't going to be in there, right? Totally. Yeah. These are the teams that I'm just like, they, all the teams above them like are probably thinking I'm thinking they should be solidly in the playoffs and now everyone in the tankers I was like they won't even make the play and so <laughs> the Kings right where they should be <laughs> they yeah. they seem to always be right here Portland I think Dame is gonna finally get fed up with them I mean they got Jeremy Grant but are they we do. sure are we sure Jeremy Grant is good <laughs> <laughs> check out <laughs> my fantasy preview pod that just came out folks mock draft with the eighth pick for some updated jeremy grant takes from your guy mr me <laughs> uh i'll say I'll, I'm, I'm i'm leaning one direction heavily with mr <laughs> jeremy grant <laughs> let's just say that um you know the kings it feels like the plan is like the destiny for the kings and yet they've never been in the plan which is when just your 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 one two is fox and sabonis 
that's like of teams that are like actively trying to be good. That's probably like the worst one and two that you can have mm-hmm. or that teams do have. So yeah, their ceiling's pretty low. Portland and the Kings, not very exciting. Lakers, obviously, a ton of buzz about them. Let's just get into it. Let's just decide here once and for all. What's their ceiling with Westbrook? And if they trade Westbrook for just two rotation players that help the positivity, what's their ceiling? So with Westbrook, ceiling. I mean, I don't think last year was their ceiling with Westbrook. Because the other two were hurt as well, LeBron and AD. So I think fully healthy with Westbrook on this team when Westbrook probably isn't in their best five. Yeah. Um, a little bit better than last year. I don't know. Not very high. <laughs> still. So playing, right? Like, yeah, so playing. This is your best case scenario for the Lakers? Yeah, basically. I think if they trade him, their ceiling gets higher for sure. Especially, I know it's not going to happen because both sides didn't agree, but like if they were going to get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, honestly, way up. So, like, home court advantage in the playoffs up? I'm thinking they're going to be, I would say, fifth seed. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it all relies on Anthony Davis. We just keep coming back to this. It's like, is he the guy? Can he do it? Because any Tom Brady comparison for LeBron James, it's like, Tom Brady was trash in his last year with the Patriots. Yeah. But he actually wasn't. <laughs> like The team was horrible. And as soon as he got those pieces around him, when he went to the most stacked team in the league, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, everything opened up. He was looking like an MVP, throwing 40 touchdowns. This is great. LeBron just needs his Mike Evans, his Chris Godwin. And the sad part is he kind of does have those guys because they get injured all the time, too. <laughs> and it's Anthony Davis. <laughs> like He just needs, you know, more support around him and he can still do it. And I want to see it as just a, a fan of a team who's tanking big time. Let's just see LeBron James, like, throw some, have a few death throws, just like old Brady. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if it all lies on AD if he needs a season to like warm back up if he's going to be fully healthy or if he's going to immediately jump back to like you know tw- bubble i guess he played really well in the bubble he did when it was like you get to stay in the same place you don't have to get on a plane the doctors will be in the next room over if you need anything please text me <laughs> <laughs> so it's all on AD got it i mean that's what we're saying he has to be like the equivalent of Tampa Bay's defense that was just shutting down teams while Tom Brady just got to come in and throw perfect wide open passes. Like LeBron just needs to be able to throw these wide open corner threes to Miles Turner, to Buddy Heald. Let, you know, Patrick Beverly do some scrapping. (laughs) Right. And it is a little sad. This is probably the last thing I have to say about the Lakers it's kind of sad that as LeBron's career is winding down, we assume um, that, you know, their ceiling is like we're saying they're a play-in team. Like, I want to see LeBron be on a really good team, and it's just not going to happen this year. And let's say trade Restbrook. Okay, trade idea. <laughs> Here's a discount version of Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. They play for the San Antonio Spurs. You ever heard of Jakob Pertl and Josh Richardson? Okay, okay. I'll, I'll just take I'll take one of those first round picks. The one the earlier one. I want the 2027 one. Right. Just give us that pick. We'll give you Pardo, we'll give you Josh Richardson. We'll take Westbrook back and you know, then we'll cut him and we'll send him wherever he needs to go. But I was thinking, I mean we'll get into this later, but I want to see Pardo on a playoff team. Because he's not on our team. <laughs> yes, he better that team better not be the Spurs. Because um, he's been, you know, of course on the Spurs, so not a bunch of media attention. But he's been quietly like one of the better defenders in the league. I mean, I've said this. I absolutely agree. Is an elite rim protector when we do not have elite perimeter defense. So that's like double hard to do. I think he's better than it actually looks on like when you're watching it. Uh, but I've said this on a couple fantasy pods. I think he's going to lead the league in rebounds this year. I mean, if DeJounte Murray, 
who was getting like 10 a game for a chunk of the season, just gone. You know who's not a rebounding guard? Trey Jones. So like, I think that Jakob Pertl, there's no reason why he shouldn't be like 13 rebounds a game. And that, my friends, is called trade bait. And <laughs> we save him up, we get the picks, we send him to a team he wants to go. Who doesn't like Los Angeles, right? Give him a little warm weather and let him do something cool, maybe with the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, that would break my heart, but maybe he's friends with Lonnie. Who knows? He probably was. Yeah. I want to see anyone that's good on our team, um, since we're not going to do it anytime soon, maybe. Let's see them succeed. So I fully agree. Great. I got to throw in some Spurs talk there. We just don't talk about the Spurs enough on this bad boy. <laughs> I think the, <laughs> What's people, the, next? the people know what they want to hear. <laughs> next tier above plan are these playoff teams. These teams would be disappointed if they had to play in one of those playing games. They should solidly be in the playoffs. We are talking Grizzlies, Timberwolves, mm. Pelicans, and the Suns did not get any higher than this tier right here for me. Wow. I am... What a crew of teams. Can you explain just this? I mean, you have Suns and Grizzlies who were... Both had home court advantage last year. Yep. <laughs> you have the Pelicans who didn't make the playoffs. Right. And you have the T-Wolves who just added our least favorite player in the league, Rudy <laughs> Gobert. And they're all in the same tier. Can you break this down for me? <laughs> yeah, so these teams are all going to be pretty good. Grizzlies, I think they really overachieved last year. I think there was something weird going on because they were good with or without Jock, clearly their best player. I think they lost some depth. Um, and yet they all should be getting older, so better. So I think it'll be a pretty good like stalemate, maybe even take like one one step back there. I just don't see them repeating the like success. Everyone's gonna be on to them this year. Uh the Timberwolves, they're hoping for probably first and foremost, a Gobert and Cat, you know, getting along down low. Um, that kind of meshing happened. And secondarily, Anthony Edwards' true breakout year. If those things happen, I think they're still going to be really good. As you said, we don't like Gobert, so there's <laughs> definitely a ceiling on this team for me. If just one of those things happen, do you think they could be in here? Like, if just Anthony Edwards breaks out or just Cat and Gobert can play effective basketball side-by-side, side, can they be in this tier? Which is basically, I mean, like you said, it's just in the playoffs clearly right or do both have to happen i think that if both happen then they are like near the top of this tier mm. because if the synergy and they just get like a new best player essentially i'm assuming if he takes that step then he will surpass cat as like the leader of that team and the best player on that team if mm. both of those happen then I kind of like the team a lot because what I'm thinking is going to happen is that synergy between Cat and Gobert is not going to be there. So I'm already low on them. So if they prove <laughs> me wrong, good on them. The the talent is there, but the chemistry will not be, is the prediction. That's shoving them in this tier. Exactly. Talk about chemistry. <laughs> Can we talk a little Phoenix Suns? Let's talk the Suns. They suffered the first heartbreak loss of the season, which occurred in the in the in the preseason, <laughs> um, and their starters played. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just think that was we've been talking about it for basically the entire off season. I think to come out preseasons like might be pretty meaningless, but to come out and lose to that team um, when your starters play, none of, they have to just be feeling really bad about themselves right now. Well, Jay Crowder. A ring chaser, not I'm you know not negative or positive. That's what he does. He's trying to win championships, which yeah. is awesome. He he sacrifices for the good of the team. Was like, I demand to leave here. Yes. So just take that as you will. Uh, like now they just have one less swing defender. Yeah. Their team is getting thin. They are paying their players. They have to pay their play, big guys more. They ended up paying DeAndre Ayton. Um, I think of these four teams, like if everyone's healthy, 
I think the Suns have the biggest potential to like be the seventh seed. Hmm. Okay. Well, I would have and to drop agree. out a little bit. I would have to agree with that. Everything you just said that is an incredible point about Crowder, someone whose only thought is I want to be on a team that I think can win. Said I don't think this team is going to win, <laughs> and I'm I demand a trade, like you said. So that is that is very very telling. Um, out of these four, I'm highest on the Pelicans. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just choked on some gumbo. <laughs> uh, so obviously you're thinking Zion's coming in hard and fast. The off-season pictures of him slimmed down really got to me. <laughs> he We saw him play. He looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think that Brandon Ingram going from a first option to a second option, I kind of think that he's okay with that. And having Brandon Ingram as like getting experienced as your lead scorer now saying like, oh, actually, I can just come in and hit my shots when I need to. I think that's huge. And then you have CJ as your third option, who is, you know, for all of his defensive liabilities, is just really an incredible offensive player. Um, I think they're very deep. I think Devontae Graham has like a good chance of being like six man of the year. <laughs> sure. Herb Jones. They have so many guys. So I think they're very deep. Is this, are we looking at like a bizarro... Oklahoma City Thunder, where like Russell Westbrook is actually the better one. He's the Zion, and Kevin Durant is the one who's just a little worse. He's just a typical, uh, tall, pure scorer. But then they also have CJ McCollum and Herbert Jones and Jonas Valanciunas. Like the team is filled out. Is that what we're staring at right now? That's an incredible comparison. It kind of seems like that. Like, what do they not have covered, really? I mean, possibly like an elite level coach. Hmm. They got Willie Green, who's clearly a good motivator, but we haven't really seen him at the highest levels do X's and O's. I mean, his plan against the Sun was like, hey, Alvarado, go bully Chris Paul, which did work, <laughs> but like the Sun still beat them. And that's without Zion. So this is not an easy puzzle to put together. It's like, <laughs> there's like 16 different colors on there and maybe it's a classical painting. Like it's hard. <laughs> this is not an easy one to get together. It's going to take an elite level coach and play caller schemer to figure out how to keep everybody happy. Easiest way is if CJ's like, I'm a point guard. Now I'm on a point guard with a hell of a three. Yeah. You would think that just having Zion on the court makes the coach's job easy. Like, just give it to Zion and he's going to go dunk it. But when you have three players that are pretty close in skill level, I don't know that they default to one of them like being the alpha. So that's where the coaching comes in, right? If you have a, clearly a best player on the team, everyone just does fall in line. But yeah, good point. That's where they might crumble. I, I'm doing some quick maths. So you got four teams in your top tier. I have four teams in the tier of contenders. We'll start with... I'll I'll, I'll even go in order. I'll even go in order for you. So we're starting with four. I think the Mavs. Mavs. Purely a Luka pick. Man. (laughs) Man, they don't have anyone else besides Luka. Right? It's like if it was just Giannis. Like, no Chris Middleton... No Drew. Like, who on the team can possibly fill those two roles? And I think what I'm... Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is I think Luca is just going to have an incredible year. Like, he's going to fill the <laughs> voids left by Brunson. Like, he just needs Dinwiddie to step up a little bit. He just needs Christian Wood to step up a little bit. Mm-hmm. We saw him destroy in the playoffs last year. I think he's he's just going to fill all the void that needs filling. Is there, let's just say this, Grizzlies, Mavericks, in a playoff series. Like, I bet Grizzlies fans are pissed right now at you. (laughs) Like, you just put the Grizz a whole ass tier below the Mavs. Grizzlies, Mavs, playoff series, are you picking the Mavs? It's hard to pick against Luka right now. Um, Uh I know they did a good job last year, the Grizzlies did, but, like, if it's not one of the other contenders, I'm picking Luca. Man, I just think I would 
because they didn't play in the last playoffs, right? Luca tore the heart out of an easily heart terrible out of team, apparently, the Phoenix Suns. And then they kind of got brushed aside by the yeah. Warriors. The Grizzlies are possibly the hungriest team in the league still. Like, they're just like, they're still being... We're counting them out here on the dime spot. I mean, this is bulletin board material for the Grizz. And they're going to have like little segments to their season, which I, you never want to see a player injured, but I think it's important. Like, because it's such a long season that it builds. Last year with the Celtics, they basically had pre trade deadline or pre when they decided to stop playing Dennis Schroeder and post where they became this defensive team. The Grizzlies are going to have, okay, we're all rallying around without having Jaron Jackson, who's going to be the defensive center, like literally the anchor of the team. And then post that, can we figure this out? Maybe they make a trade deadline thing. They have another thing. I just... Spencer Dinwiddie (laughs) sucks. Like, he's not... (laughs) Like, he's not Jalen Brunson. The the Knicks would not have paid what they paid for Brunson for Dinwiddie. totally agree. Um, on that point, I didn't even realize myself maybe that I was this high on Luca, but just seeing him, seeing him shred last year in the playoffs, uh, to a team, which I completely agree with brush them off, but I have not yet said their name. So of course I think that they're better than the Mavs. So I don't know. Uh huh. I think this is less on the Grizzlies and more on the Mavs that makes sense the grizzlies are good i'm not saying you're bad i'm just saying that i'm taking luca (laughs) okay take him i wouldn't but you were in charge of the west (laughs) so there we go (laughs) who's up next the clippers Mm. (laughs) god the The healthy healthy clippers Clippers, not the clippers from last year or even the year before that or really even the year before that (laughs) (laughs) we're talking about this year's clippers Kawhi leonard paul george back healthy whole host of wings the reason i have them at three even though we've been talking about them as having like sneaky one seed potential let's see it for a second let's see if Kawhi can play games (laughs) we know he's good but he hasn't been playing the last couple of years. Let's see him play. Uh, and maybe he'll move up. Regular season. You gotta love this team. I can't disagree at all of that. Playoffs. I don't know because the way this team makes it far in the playoffs is if Paul George and Kawhi are healthy, but the kind of paradox of that is if they're healthy, that means they didn't play a lot. That means they didn't build the chemistry that they needed with just every year, just a brand new crew of guys. And I mean, how many games has Ty Lu coached where Kawhi and Paul George play together? Yeah. I mean, I want to know that number. It's not 80. Right. <laughs> like it's, it's not that number. It's not a full season yet. Like, and you're going to have to go up against the Mavs who, They know who they are. The Grizzlies, they know who they are. The Suns, they don't know who they are. But, like, the Nuggets fall in line. The Warriors have been together for 12 years. Like, Clippers, it's a very thin tightrope to walk. And I think having them at three is accounting for that. They have an incredible amount of potential. Probably the most potential of teams that I was going through. Um but we haven't seen it at all. (laughs) So you get the third spot. Uh, On to number two, we have the Nuggets. (laughs) I thought you were going to do it. I thought we were going one for the Nuggets. All right, JR, I'll just be in the corner if you need me. Slam some Nuggets. Yeah, how does three-time MVP Nikola Jokic sound? (laughs) Getting your second and third players back, best players back. 40%, 40%, both 40% shooters, a pick and roll with Murray and Jokic. You have to worry about him slipping to the basket or fading away to the three-point line. And then it's not like he's just going to have to score after that. He can pass it from their MPJ in the corner. How's anyone going to stop this offense? They're not <laughs> going to. And I didn't want to say it while we were talking about the Lake Show, 
But this is the actual team I want a first-round pick from, and you want to give them Pirtle and Josh Richardson. You give this team another wing defender, give this team a real backup to Nikola Jokic, a defensive big who can... Pirtle will get his fouls. He'll go in there and foul Joel Embiid six times, seven if you need him to. He'll rush off the bench. There's no way that anybody can stop a completely healthy Nuggets team. They're perfectly built. Except for if they're not perfectly healthy. If Michael Porter Jr. has that little thing called like a career-long back injury (laughs) that continues to pop up. That's an incredible point. That's very worrying. And Jamal Murray hasn't played like in almost two full years. So what is he going to look like when he comes back? Kind of like we said about Anthony Davis. Is he going to immediately come back and be bubble Jamal scoring 50 points against uh, Mitchell? Or is he going to need a season to work back? He's going to score like 12 points per game. And then maybe by the end of the season, he's closer to 18, 20. A lot of question marks, kind of just like the Clippers. Let's see it. Let's see them stay on the court. Exactly. I mean, the Nuggets were in the third tier last year. Or I guess second tier. They were in the second to highest tier last year without Jamal and without Michael Porter Jr. And without Catavius Caldwell-Pope, who is just a better fit uh, than Will Barton, especially when you don't need another ball handler. Can you give us a little Bones Highland hype? So he honestly should be in the conversation for most improved. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time. He is a very quick guard. He's very skinny, not super good at defense, but offense is what everyone's looking for coming off the bench. <laughs> you don't come off the bench and play defense, okay? That's what starters yeah. for. <laughs> and he just kind of has that like it factor. Like he just is cool. His name is Bones. He like carries himself very well. Cool. Like his teammates love him. I think it's going to be really fun basketball when he's on the court. I can't wait to watch the Nuggets for a full 82-game season. I'm so pumped. League Pass is cheaper this year, folks. Not as cheap as it should be, but it is cheaper. Now, obviously, number one, Dub Nation. Dub Nation. The defending champs staying together and then adding some youth like we've talked about over the past uh, couple pods. They're just... They're at the top of the mountain. They're stable. They have been for a long time. And everyone should be scared of them. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the only question with the Warriors is how many games do you think they're going to win? Like, are we talking a 60 gamer? Are they going to have that motivation? Are the young guys going to be able to push them to that level and still allow Clay, Dre, and Stay, Steph, to (laughs) be rested? I think... I think so. I think that's what this team is built up to be this year because uh, Clay, Dre, and Steph are getting older. <laughs> they're like not young at all anymore. Like they are old players. I mean, they're not done by any means, but they're old. So it's kind of set up perfectly for them to play as few minutes as they like go really hard, play as few minutes as they can, and then all the young guys come in. And honestly, with that athleticism, maybe not lose much of the lead that the starters have built up just carry them through these games. We're basically like watching what the 80 Celtics fans wanted to happen. Like a healthy Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish, like slowly and gracefully handed the torch over to all these young guys that were supposed to be great on their squad. But like, is that actually going to happen? Are they just going to complete this, like, 20-year dynasty, handing it to Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody and maybe a little bit of Poole? Yeah, that, that second unit, I mean, Poole might get some some starting here and there if someone gets injured. But, like, Poole, who was a starter a lot of last year, is just going to be the sixth man, right? Because you don't have another spot with Steph, Clay, and Wiggins. God, it always takes us so long to say Wiggins. And he is just like, like at one point of his career, you thought, I don't want that guy on my team at all. Get him away. And now after the playoffs, it was like, this guy should be on every team. He's the perfect defender. Though his rebounding that like Steve Kerr was like, hey, you need to rebound. He was like, cool. I will do that a lot. And then we'll win the finals. Like he's just this athletic 
freak. And obviously, if he would have been that, he could have been that successful on any team he would have been. It took the Warriors. It took that infrastructure. But if there are plenty of contenders who probably want Andrew Wiggins on the squad right now, the Celtics being oh one of gosh, them. Yeah. So they just got a killer starting five, young bench. I think they're going to be looking down at all these other teams. That's why they are number one for me in the West. Um, anything to add on that contender tier? <laughs> no, not at all. That was a hearty, hearty segment. Lots of meat in that segment. And guess what? This sandwich is a double decker, folks. We got another half of it right after this. Now we're back for the second half of this delicious sandwich, the Eastern Conference. I think I had a little more difficulty with the bottom of the East than the top, just because it actually seems a little stronger than the bottom of the West, which is usually completely flipped. The bottom of the East is usually Garbo, 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 and there's some pretty good Western Conference teams missing the playoffs. That's still true for the West, but... Man, this Eastern bottom, there are some franchises who are do not want to be in the tankers. I also, just as a little extra nugget, compared my tiers to Seasons of the Office. So, <laughs> obviously. Amazing. So the, the tankers tier is Season 1 of the Office. It's just, these teams, they could still possibly be good, but they're just, they're not there yet. Yeah. It's just a completely different thing than what they're going to be. And... Some pretty poor basketball will be played in this <laughs> in this tier and in this season. We start off with what I think will be the absolute worst team in the Eastern Conference, and that's the Hornets. Yeah. I don't think they really have any pieces to trade. I think Gordon Hayward is going to get injured. And so far, what I've seen from LaMelo Ball, he's not the guy. He's good, but he's kind of... Russell Westbrook, but instead of athleticism, it's like clicked over to playmaking. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really directly affect wins without like a Kevin Durant right next to him. Yet. <laughs> Yet, everybody. Extremely young, season one of The Office. Uh, Pacers. This could get real dirty if they do a buddy-heeled Miles Turner trade. But for right now, I... Almost put him in the tier above because they have Rick Carlisle. Lloyd Pierce is their... Assistant coach, uh, former head coach, pretty shit record <laughs> with the, <laughs> with the uh, with the Atlanta Hawks. But you know he was still a head coach. Maybe he's a great developer. I don't know. But I almost pushed him up there. But God, zero depth behind Halliburton, Buddy Heal, Miles Turner. It's just kind of like, and that's it. Those are those names, and then it's nobody else. We got the Magic loaded. Magic fans, probably not here. Not happy to hear your name here. Pistons fans, same thing. You think your young guys are going to lift you up, but there's just, you're undefined. You're season one in the office. You know, Jim's pretty boring in the first season. <laughs> like, this is pretty boring. We don't have the star yet. Um, Magic, Pistons, Pacers, Hornets, that's the bottom tier. That's season one of the office. <sighs> Magic or Pistons, JR, who... Am I like being the least honest about? Should one of these teams be higher? I my gut is that they, man. I think maybe the Pistons might be a little bit better. I just can't believe in the Magic until they show me. Mm -hmm. I know they have a lot of young players in the first overall pick, but let me see it before I say you should be in the next tier. The Pistons with Cade, kind of in that tier of taking the next step. Like, I think that's going to be a pretty good team. Them adding Bogdanovich. Also, just for nothing, basically, from the Jazz is a pretty big ad. And I almost lean to them, but it's just like, when I list the next tier of teams, they're just more defined. They're season nine of The Office, where they're missing something crucial. And that's <laughs> that pure, like, connector 
That's Steve Carell. But it's not a bad season. I enjoy watching season nine of The Office. Sue me. There's <laughs> the episode when Pam creates the chore wheel and everyone loves. And then they create the tiny wheel. And the tiny wheel is like the chance these teams have to actually do anything in the playoffs. <laughs> we have the already injury riddled Chicago Bulls. Shout out Lonzo Ball. I hope for any kind of recovery. That story was insane where it's just like, yeah, I can't walk. Yeah, he he basically said, like, doctors don't even know why it, it's this bad. <laughs> like, it's insane because, man, for those first few weeks of last season, it seemed like somehow, some way, the Bulls had built a perfectly constructed team with, like, no defense Vucevic, Vucevic no threes DeMar, and Lonzo was putting it all together. Uh, so sorry, Bulls, but you are in the play-in slash season nine tier. We got the Washington Wizards, who I thought about dropping down to that very bottom tier. But, but, but they have their definition. Like, I think they know what their goal is every single night. That's Bradley Beal, get a bunch of buckets. Kyle Kuzma, do the same thing. Like, I think they know what they're supposed to do. And with that, I'm not saying this team's going to be good at all. <laughs> it's like they could be the 10th best team in the in the East. We got the Knicks. Again, defined. Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson. I'll say another name and put a little emphasis on it. RJ Barrett, right? That's all you have to do to make a point. Just say three players' names on the team. And that's what I did. The Knicks exist, and they have Tom Thibodeau. Throw in the coach's name. Extra point made. And then we just move on to, I'm just going to whisper it. So our last guest doesn't get upset. Ooh. But the Atlanta Hawks. I believe we're going to be in this tier. And I'll tell you why. It's because <laughs> I do not think that they're going to fit very well together. And one DeAndre Hunter injury. Oopsies. Who's going to defend any wing at all? Yeah. Am, am I wrong to think the Hawks are that thin? No, we've been having that discussion. How's the fit going to be? How's the fit going to be? Because we don't. We can't maybe figure it out. That's why we keep talking about it so much. We're like, is this good or is this bad? They're good players, but we don't see it working. So I think Evan even said like the, the ceiling of this team, whatever, but this team does have a pretty low floor as well. And he said it lies on Hunter, right? And if your <laughs> team relies on like a third or fourth year player who gets injured all the time, and like is not going to be worked into the system because you have a new guy who you just gave around like you just gave out a bunch of first round picks for like they're betting a lot on AJ Griffin and i know the point was to consolidate but i think they may have cons consolidated one too many by giving away Kevin Herter not a defender but just an effective guy i like the addition of Justin Holiday but you need who's guarding Jason Tatum honestly who's guarding DeMar like if yeah. DeMar DeRozan is out there and DeAndre Hunter isn't who is guarding DeMar who's guarding Paolo I mean I, yeah I just that's that's my season nine that's my play-in team next season what did you call this tier playoffs playoffs this is playoffs They're playoffs, playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> this is season three of the office the crew is there it's a great season. I love season three of The Office. Everyone's there. Andy Bernard's there. Karen Filippelli is there. <laughs> so much for me not to go, I feel a bad. <laughs> and then I still did it. <laughs> but it's just like the Jim and Pam thing isn't full, fully connected. Everyone's just waiting. Michael's still a little mean. He's not that big goofy guy that shot this show straight up to the top of the charts. And here's the squads. The Cavs. Again, I think they are pretty well defined. I think the fit is going to be, as I think about it more and more, just way easier, way smoother than the Hawks. People are comparing those two teams. I think the comparison is 
incorrect <laughs> because yeah. like Donovan Mitchell has never led a team to any <laughs> success. I mean, <laughs> we saw, I mean, we watched it. I mean, not Donovan Mitchell, sorry. Donovan Mitchell has done that. DeJounte Murray has not there led his go. team yeah. to any success. When he was given the keys, the Spurs had <laughs> their worst <laughs> season in 20 years. Yeah. So, you know, not a lot of support, but I'm just saying, don't, them's the facts. Donovan Mitchell, we're on, we're on the Mitchell train. I'm all aboard with you now, JR. I think the Cavs are going to be just below that tier. We got the Raptors, mm. a team I am worried about depth as well. You know, Hawks fans are looking at me saying, well, we have more than one point guard on our team. Like, how are you saying the Raps are going to be better than the Hawks with just Fred Van Vliet staying out there? And, I mean, it's really just in Nick Nurse I trust. Yeah. yeah. I like teams that play unique styles of basketball. And like a lot of teams talk about playing small and defending all five positions. This team does it night after night after night at an elite level. Then we get the Miami Heat. Heat fans, I'm sorry. I don't really see how you got any better. Uh, Kyle Lowry, you're older. Tyler Hero is still peaked in the bubble as far as I'm concerned. Jimmy Butler is a badass. Uh, but you just... I'm always low on the heat, JR. Am I wrong? <laughs> you, you're you not wrong about you always being low on the heat. But this is where <laughs> they should be. Exactly. You got Jimmy, who, like you said, is a badass. And Bam, who I'm talking about as being Defensive Player of the Year. Dark Horse, maybe. Um, so you got two guys... But like you said, that's kind of it. Everyone else has peaked already. Like you don't have anyone else to step up after that. So they're good, but they are not in the uh, to be named top tier. Yeah. And one of these four teams is going to be the fourth seed. Yeah. My top tier has only got three because this tier, the Nets, they're season three of the office. They're still trying to figure everything out. And I honestly just wanted to put them like an offshoot, just like. (laughs) <laughs> that one episode of Shroot Farms <laughs> that was basically just like the pilot for the Dwight spinoff, but then they just kind of shoved it in episode, season nine. Like, it doesn't really fit. It's pretty weird. It ends with a song, like everyone's singing. <laughs> and it's just like, what did I just watch? Like, that had nothing to do with anything. And then all those characters disappeared. I feel like the Nets, all the characters could just disappear. Ben Simmons could just be like, I'm never going to play basketball again. Same thing for Kyrie. If you have one of those guys on your team... That's not a great situation to be in as a fan. And they have two who yeah. pretty reasonably by November, they could both say, I'm never going to play basketball again. And would that shock you? <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> it wouldn't really shock me even if Kevin Durant said it. Honestly, at this mm. point, like his trade demand followed by, okay, but like maybe just get rid of Steve Nash and Sean Marks. Followed by final stay. Like, truly some of the, like, worst negotiating. Donald Trump-level negotiating. Just like, we're going to do this thing. I will not stop talking about it until we do it. Oh, we didn't do it? All right, fine, we're moving on. Like, it was just... You just... You just... How is this team... It's only talent. It's just a talent pick. I can't talk about him anymore, JR. I can't. Yeah, for as much sway as we think Kevin Durant has the Nets totally called his bluff multiple times and guess what he's just right back it was wild I mean I guess it's I'm glad to know there is a line with you if you if you have four years left on your contract (laughs) and you basically told the franchise to do everything the way you wanted it to and they had done it at that point and then you were like I need to leave I guess that's the line which which is good good to know there's a line but you know let's actually talk about the basketball of this squad They've just lost wing depth. Still, like, what if Joe Harris gets injured again? Ben Simmons is, I, I guess not injury riddled, but like prone to being out riddled. <laughs> yep. Whatever that means. And you lost Bruce Brown. You did. God, you did. <laughs> to the Nugs. And, Shout out Nugs again. <laughs> and it's like they added TJ Warren. How many guys like can you have that just like love getting injured? It's just a love not playing basketball. 
Yeah, I like the way you put that. A lot of guys that are prone to not being on the court. <laughs> yes, for whatever that means. And then these top, I almost. So we got the top tier. We got the contenders. It's season four of The Office, obviously. Obviously. Every episode is a winner. We got Dinner Party. <laughs> we got Fun Run. <laughs> we got the other ones that are also great. <laughs> we got when Jim and Pam spend the night at Dwight's B&B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of those Bs stands for Beats. But because of that, like, I only thought that one of these top teams could actually be in this category. Like, I got Celtics and Sixers in these categories, in contenders, and I'm not sure they belong there. I mean, by definition, there has to be just, like, more than one, because contenders is plural. But, like, <laughs> the Celtics are going to have, like, four months ago, the second assistant to the team is now the head coach. The Sixers have Doc Rivers, who, yes, he gets the teams to the point where they're, like, should be contenders, but then they never do nothing. Yeah. Ever. He's easy to adjust against, clearly. Unless he has the worst luck in the history of a coach ever, <laughs> then he may just not be good at coaching in the playoffs. Then you have James Harden, who's definitely not good at playing in the playoffs. Old man P.J. Tucker. Cool, you have DeAnthony Melton. Everyone's fallen head over heels themselves to be like, wow, DeAnthony Melton, he's so incredible. He didn't start on the Grizzlies, okay? Like, <laughs> they weren't the 96 Bulls. If he was that good, maybe he just would have started. I'm just trying to... Everyone's really... It feels like the momentum is building and building for these 76ers, and I'm like, can we just... Can we just... Can we just step back for one second? Like, this team has done nothing. Yeah, do you think everyone's tricking themselves over everything you just mentioned? Or are they putting that much stock into Embiid this season? Is he going to make the MVP push of all pushes? I mean, another guy that you can't count on to play for that many games. And he's really going to have to put it all together. This is definitely the best team around him, like, by a mile. Yeah. Honestly... Even if Harden wasn't there, like if it was just Maxi and Tobias, because Tyrese Maxi actually fits next to Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons did not. The 76ers, I mean, just give Daryl Morey executive of the year already. I mean, absolutely an incredible job just in year two, just from what he arrived with, which was a guy saying, I don't want to play basketball for this franchise ever again, to... James Harden, P.J. Tucker, Montrez Harrell, DeAnthony Melton. Sure, I'll throw his name in there. It, it, I mean, but like, is this team actually going to do something? They still have only spent a year together. The Celtics are coachless. They don't have Danilo Gallinari. If Grant Williams goes out for any games, like, where's their wing depth? Yeah, I... I see the points you're making, and I you you've convinced me fully because there's there's one team that you haven't mentioned yet, and these both of these teams are definitely are definitely below below that team. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks, they have it all. What more <laughs> can you possibly want? They have the centerpiece. They have the coach who has done it. They have Drew Holiday, who. Any team in the league. He's one of those guys. Any team in the league wants Drew Holiday on their team. The ceiling for a Mavericks team with Drew Holiday on it. I mean, just like that reaction and just like the feeling that went through everyone's brain of like, wow, I can't imagine Drew Holiday with Luka. Like, Giannis is better than Luka. So, like, I'm just going to like, Drew is there. They also True. have Chris Middleton. Even if he's a little bit injured, they still were like one insane series from the Celtics from just making it another round in the playoffs and probably beating the Heat. Right. Yeah. Bobby Portis. 
Bobby freaking Portis? I'm in love with Bobby Portis. This guy was like, yeah, I'm a Milwaukee buck for life. You took a chance on me. I'm taking a chance on you. I'll dive into the first row for you people. I don't care if the president is sitting there himself. I will crash into him. I just... Yeah. I love the Bucks so much. Joe Ingles, who doesn't like a fun Australian on the team? Come on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's ever been a fit, a player team fit better than Bobby Portis on the Bucks. <laughs> Completely agree. <laughs> Frickin' Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen, Scrappy, Pat Connaughton, fun to say. Three-point shoot. Like, they're just, uh, their unit is so similar Yeah, from last year. They would have beaten the Celtics with a healthy Chris Middleton. Can we get a Bucks Warriors finals? Can we get a Bucks Nuggets finals? Like, can the the two two of the international faces of the NBA face off? Both basically centers. They play completely differently. Giannis <laughs> and, and Nikola Jokic. I just. I almost wanted to put the Bucks in their whole other tier because they've proven it. And honestly, the same could be said for the Warriors in the other side. They're bringing back the same squad and the Warriors and the Bucks both have their coaches. They both have some guys who can fill in. They both have proven they can win in the regular season when their star only plays like 30 minutes a game and still puts up incredible stats. Can we just put the Bucks and Warriors in like the Mega Golden Ring tier? I, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> lock I mean, for finals tier. <laughs> you don't. We don't want to say lock because last year we locked basically all season Suns Bucks. Like yeah. the whole season, we were like Suns Bucks, and then neither one of them got there. <sighs> but the Celtics, it's not just Ime. Robert Williams already injured. Danilo, out. Yeah. Malcolm Brogdon loves being out. And the 76ers, I just, I, I, I'm sorry, folks. I don't know why we all started believing in James Harden and Doc Rivers at the exact same time. I don't know at what point over the summer we got bored enough to be like, oh, the Sixers, put them in the finals. They should be the favorites. Sure, the team's fine around them. But, like, I don't know. Eventually, P.J. Tucker is going to just get old. Maybe that's this season. I will say again, DeAnthony Melton, not a starter. (laughs) Did not start on the Grizzlies. I just... And still wouldn't start. (laughs) Still! Still wouldn't start! What? There's one team and it's the Bucks. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. And that begs the question... As the teams are right now, Warriors or Bucks? Oh, wee! Oh, man, that's fiery. <sighs> We've gone through each conference. One team has risen from each. We are putting the Warriors and the Bucks on top. If they played in a seven-game series right now. Give me Drew Holiday doing his damn best to lock down Steph Curry. And the Milwaukee Bucks, as Draymond Green tries all his dirty tricks, but the refs allow Giannis to plow through him <laughs> like he plowed through little Al Horford. Oh, man, that'd be a good series. Give me Giannis and the big boy Bucks. I'm going to have to agree with you. Give us Giannis. <laughs> Let's... <laughs> can I get a... Can I, God, I'm referencing all the things I love in life right now. But can I get the click remote, please? <laughs> Starring Adam Sandler. Can I can I go to the back room of a Bed Bath & Beyond and meet Christopher Walken, who turns out to be like Satan or something in that show? <laughs> and can I click remote myself all the way to June? I know the literal message of that movie was don't do that, and you should appreciate the time that you have. <laughs> but just take me there. Give me Bucks Warriors. Oh, what a delicious sandwich. (laughs) We will be right back with some even tastier dessert. Okay, folks, 
No buzzer beater this week. We got the NBA GM survey. JR's going to read them through. I'm going to rapid fire guess what those 30 geniuses said. <laughs> JR, I'm ready. GMs were asked, who is mo- most likely to win the NBA title this year? I, I Warriors. Bucks with 43%. Warriors number two with 25%. Then Clippers, what? then Celts. Why did I go against my gut? We literally just like bathed in the pool of war <laughs> or bugs. <laughs> GMs were asked, who's going to be the MVP? <sighs> uh, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid was third at 14%. Number one, Luca at 48%, followed by Giannis at 34%. God, these GMs have no idea what they're talking about. All right, continue. <laughs> Um, when you're playing a team, which player causes you to make the most adjustments when facing off? Steph Curry. Steph Curry with 59%, followed by Giannis and Jokic at 14% each tied. Who is the most improved team from last year to this year? Oh, let me look at my list. Oh. I don't know how they went with this, whether it was a trade or just injuries back. Uh, Clippers? Clippers, number one at 41% of GM said, followed by a tie with the Pelicans and the Cavs at 17%. Um, Who is the best defensive player in the NBA? Rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid fire. Draymond Green? Number two at 24%. Number one, Giannis Antetokounmpo with 48% of GM saying he is the best defensive player in the league. Gobert wow, only I mean... got 10% of GMs to say. <laughs> That's awesome. He did, however, win another question was who is the best interior defender. Gobert did win that question, but yeah, for best overall defender. Uh, who is the best head coach in the league? Just kidding. We're not actually going to do that one because Greg Popovich didn't win. <laughs> Lock it up. He's the best, baby. Who did win it, actually? Eric Spolstra, 52%. Oh. 52? Wow. A large margin. Spolstra is thought of highly. Wow. I mean, great coach, but I'm surprised it was even, like, close to a majority. Wow. Okay, cool. And uh, let's close on this one. Who is the best passer in the NBA? That's got to be Jokic, right? Jokic was 72% of GMs saying he is the best <laughs> passer in the league. That's incredible. Also, I need to do a little pod rivalry talk here as we finish up. When, how long ago did we talk about Jokic winning three MVPs? That was like two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, Bill Simmons finally got his ass around to bringing that up in conversation, Dan. It's probably with Zach Lowe, as if we didn't talk about it three weeks ago. Come on, Bill. I mean, we're on to you. Like, I mean, we just, we it's old news, Bill. We talked about his chances of winning three in a row. We talked, we gave him the whole case. He's a one seed. He's got these other players back. Like, if he just does, keeps the same stats, but now they're winning and he's still the number one guy, could he do it three times in a row? It's old news, Bill. Move on. Find a new angle. Come on. Shout out Bill Simmons, listener of the pod. <laughs> Shout him out. Take him down. That's how we do. This was a full action-packed episode of the pod. God, I had a good time. JR, any closing words for our listeners? Basketball is officially back. Preseason is incredible this year. Basketball is back. We're back. We'll see you next week. <laughs>